As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello, and welcome back to Full Time with Meg Linehan. I'm Meg. You are listening to a show all about women's soccer on the Athletic Podcast Network. It is still December. Stuff is back once again because more trades happened. We have the protected and unprotected list for the NWSL expansion draft. So this is basically a live reaction as we start to make our way through them, try to make sense of some of these trades. Now, knowing there are also some handshake trades that are in effect that can't actually go through until the day after the expansion draft. So Again, exactly what I said last week, we are trying to make sense of it all, knowing that we've only got half the puzzle. So with that said, uh, you know, again, I'm not going to get into the news because this is a very news heavy episode, but there are links to both our live trade tracker, which has all of the information on who's got full immunity, partial immunity, partial, partial immunity, no immunity whatsoever plus the list for protected and unprotected players directly from the NWCL in the show notes. So that way you, just like me and Steph, can have all of these open while we try to make sense of it all. Here's Steph. So it's Friday night and we are here to basically like live process our reactions to the expansion draft protected and unprotected list slash probably at some point kind of go through some of the tail end of the trades. Um, so I guess we can just, let's let's start with maybe some of the bigger trades that happened. We had a live trade tracker, um, which I think was honestly just as helpful for me as it was hopefully for everyone else because so much was happening all at the same time. Uh, Steph, what what was your biggest surprise and we'll we'll just consider the trade window as a whole for what got done mm-hmm. and was actually announced officially since there there are apparently some handshake deals that are still waiting to go through but what was your, your biggest surprise from the trade window it might have been gotham the krieger and harris move but honestly maybe i shouldn't have been that surprised considering i think I, I knew Didi Heritage would probably move on because if, if Sheridan stayed, then there's no room for her to develop as a number one. And she's clearly a number one. 
And then I think I had heard maybe that Sheridan was looking for a, a move, um, but it wasn't confirmed. But, you know, I just <laughs> when when you were about to break the news, um, <laughs> I'm glad we weren't like on a video call because I was I was so shocked by there's just things you don't see coming. I don't know. Yeah. It was a it was a big I mean Gotham for me I, I think the win of the trade window honestly is San Diego picking up Kalen Sheridan because that is a franchise player that you can build around, mm-hmm. right? And um I, I do think Gotham got a pretty good amount of money back for for Sheridan in addition to protection in the expansion draft, but you know, the two the two names that really stuck out to me that moved in this trade window were Kalen Sheridan to San Diego and Simone Charlie to Angel City. That's another one. Talk about fan favorite in Portland. <laughs> but I almost feel like that's that's now kind of a repeat, right, of, of Midge Purse coming to Gotham FC, right? Like they get these forwards that do really well there and then all of a sudden they get moved to other teams. I mean, if you've if you got the the skill, the talent Charlie, I think, is a little bit of a project still. She's not like a complete forward, but I think you could see that, you know, with the right development, high ceiling. So, mm-hmm. you know, Angel City, maybe that's a project they're willing to look at with Freya and their their talent development. I'm also a little bit shocked that Gotham was willing to let go of Brianna Pinto. Um, you know, yeah. you can look at her playing time and theorize like, okay, maybe the adjustment was tough because she did finish the school year and then came to Gotham like mid-season and so maybe it created you know a, a steeper climb to adjust to the the jump from college to pro but I think that's another player the right investment you know a high ceiling but then mm-hmm. it, once again the the key term there is right investment right so maybe right. maybe it's better all around she goes somewhere into an environment where she knows she's going to get the kind of coaching she needs and vice versa yeah, and obviously North Carolina is a an environment that's very familiar to her. So I think that will also be probably a really good thing in terms of just putting her in an environment where she can succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sean Nahas is also a coach that she has worked with before um, in her youth career. So there's there's a few factors there that I think are probably really good signs for Brianna Pinto, I think, stepping into that kind of role that people expected out of her as a as a draft pick. I would also be very gratified that the price tag on that was $125,000. <laughs> like I I'm not immune to ego. So if I were a young player and I learned that someone had put up that's a good chunk of change in order to yep. acquire my rights, you know, because they saw that potential in me, it would it would be really nicely validating. But, you know, once again, athletes are not like us, so maybe <laughs> For Brianna, she's just like, it doesn't mean a thing to prove myself on the field. I'm going to work really hard. And I'm like, that's why you're where you are and I'm where I am. All right. So in addition to all the trade window stuff, um, the window closed on Friday at 1 p.m. It was the long journey of waiting for everything to finally be announced. And then there's also some deals that are being done that are kind of in handshake stage and have to wait for the trade window to reopen on Friday after the expansion draft, which is interesting because both of the two that we now kind of know about are 
both involving San Diego. Um, I reported this week that Alex Morgan is likely being traded from Orlando to San Diego once the trade window reopens. And then Jeff Kasuf just reported that there's also another handshake deal <laughs> with San Diego in the works with Portland that will ensure that players don't get chosen from Portland during the expansion draft. <laughs> so we, we, this is going to affect our discussion a little bit because it was always going to be very hard, I think, to try to actually like do some sort of mock expansion draft because there's a lot of pieces to it. And if you're listening to this and you need a refresher on who's got what immunity, I think we might go partially through it on this podcast, but we do have a list on our live tracker. But now there is the extra wrench of like, we don't know what, if there are other handshake deals out there that could also potentially affect the expansion draft. So I think now we can just kind of go team by team and look at, in theory, who's on the board. I'm looking at the teams that didn't trade for protection, like outright. And, you know, I... I don't think I can make any conclusions from the data set, but I am wondering, like, for especially it seems like Houston, which is kind of like one of the teams here that doesn't seem to have done anything, but just been like, okay, we'll just put our protected and unprotected players out there. We're not really going to wheel and deal ahead of time. Like, what's what's going on there? What's the motivation? Where they're like comfortable with their protected and unprotected lists or they realize they don't have any assets that either team really wants so they can't do that or couldn't be bothered i don't know um protected list is what you might expect with a lot of these campbell daly gomer stevens groom hansen naughton prince sanchez seiler it's a good group yeah i mean i i think you know the immediate question becomes christy mewis right? And what what that means on the unprotected list. Um, but again, Houston was in a spot where you can only protect one U.S. allocated player. And so the choice becomes between Campbell and Mewis. And Campbell is their starting goalkeeper. So logically, is there a different choice? Probably not. No. And I think there's signals that Christy Mewis maybe wants to leave the dash. I mean, there's certainly rumors that she's shopping around in England. There was, I think, uh, a rumor that she was seen training with Spurs, Spurs women. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, who knows what that means? Maybe she just was like, hey, Alex Morgan, can you (laughs) call them to let me into the ground so I can run wind sprints? (laughs) She's like, yeah, cool. Um, I think other fun names on this unprotected players list. Indeed, whenever this happens, is teams still holding rights to retired players. So for Houston, Nikki Cross and Christine Naren, both yeah. very much retired players. Bianca Henniger. Yeah. Like, yep. So yeah, it's always, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I, I just texted Lori Lindsay to be like, Hey, <laughs> if you have some free time right now, we're recording the pod. We'd love to hear from someone on this unprotected list. And here's a spoiler for the Washington spirit. She was just like, get me off the list. <laughs> I mean, if we're just going through some very funny, for example, example, Stephanie Cox, like to be fair. Okay. She fully did come out of retirement for the yeah, rain. I was going to say like, she has, she has unretired before. So and now she's retiring. It's like, no, for real this time guys. Um, yeah. 
Abby Wambach still has her rights with the rain. That's yep. very funny. Yeah. Uh, Bev Yanez, who yep. is moving into a front office. Yeah, role. I mean, like, really, it could just be, you know, how many NWSL coaches do you <laughs> try to add to your roster? Because you could get a real player coach, little short sided team potentially going. Right. Right. So. Um, but yeah, just to come back all the way around to Houston, you look at this list and you think, okay, do they know for certain that Christy Mewis wants to go to an England team or not? If they do, do they move down to their next name on the list or they take her rights and hope that they can offer her something lucrative enough that's attractive enough for her to get to go to the West Coast? Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Yeah, I mean, I think this is always the challenge, right? And I, I think we can probably, you know, consider this in some of the other teams as well. But there is always kind of this inherent nature with the expansion draft of daring a team to take someone that is not set up in a way to actually go, right? So granted, Portland is in a weird spot on this expansion list right at the moment because in theory... There is this handshake deal with San Diego reported by Jeff Kasuf, but you look at their list of unprotected players and there are names like Megan Klingenberg and Angela Salem and Becky Sauerbrunn and Christine, Christine, Sinclair. Christine Sinclair is unprotected. And it's just like no team in their right mind is going to pick Christine Sinclair or Becky Sauerbrunn, right? Because they are very much ensconced in Portland, like... That is the really interesting dynamic of an expansion draft is the inherent dare from a team that has to go through the process of what name can we put on that list that we feel confident an expansion team is not going to try to mess with slash they're not going to try to hold that player hostage out of like the goodness of their hearts. Right. That sort of thing. Right. Or they're the hostage thing, like you pointed out, like taking rights and kind of knowing deep down they're or even on the service, they're not going to come, but we can parlay these rights into assets, which right. is kind of a dick move. Well, I mean, I think about what happened with Jennifer Cujo, right? <sighs> like that entire process. So yeah, it's just, it is really, really interesting to try to navigate what is actually on the board for Angel City and San Diego, not just in addition to what teams have traded their way out of the expansion draft and what teams have partially (laughs) traded their way out of the expansion draft, right? But also for the teams that are still in the mix, who are you actually capable of getting off of one of these unprotected lists? Um, We can kind of move on down to the rain if we want, with the caveat that some of the players on this unprotected list, if you look back up, they remind you like 
uh, they made a deal to not have forwards in particular selected. And for the rain, that means Bethany Balser, Ciara King, Leah Pruitt, Megan Rapino, and Allie Watt. Um, and, and that's just Angel City. Yeah, that's though. just Angel City. Just, uh, I think your point about like daring teams to look at the the unprotected player list um, also marries with like, okay, Angel City and San Diego are coming into this, I think, with more of a knowledge base than previous expansion teams. Yes, um, that is very true. They're coming into this with people who maybe are more familiar with the league, more familiar with its processes. And so they're maybe a little more savvy to playing the protected versus unprotected game here. And maybe that's part of why all these trades kicked off ahead of time, because both of them were like, no, 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 no. We have seen what has happened in the past, and I want a guarantee other than taking rights off of a list and then the player being like, actually, I'm going to Iceland. Bye. Yeah, I mean, I think that the trade maneuver, well, I I think Jeff Kasuf actually wrote a really good column about this, is the way that the expansion draft has played out so far proves that the expansion draft is not actually a good mechanism for anyone involved, right, of of both the expansion teams but also the existing teams because for the existing teams, you have this desire to try to protect the core of your roster that you've been trying to build for one-plus year, right? And then for the expansion team, yeah, you are looking for guarantees of players who are actually going to show up or rights to players that you know you can sign. Like you think about Angel City maneuvering for Sarah Gordon and Julie Ertz, right? We got confirmation on Friday that Sarah Gordon has officially been signed. It's such a relic of the beginning of the league when there is this idea that we have to have mechanisms that help teams build their rosters from the pool and like guarantee that there's parity among like the players and stuff like that. And also a time when there's no CBA and free agency was like not even a twinkle in the eye of some of these players. But now with that on the horizon, the best way to do this would be like, if you want to keep the player around, you need to offer them a contract and anybody who's not under contract is a free agent. And the teams that are expanding are, you know, free to talk to anybody whose contract has run out. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think part of what also really surprises me about this entire process, right, is again, we know that the CBA is being bargained for right now. We know that the players are not really fond of a lot of these mechanisms. I would assume the expansion draft is probably one of their least favorite, probably only second to the discovery list, which I feel like is the most unpopular (laughs) roster mechanism that exists in the NWSL. Um, But I also find it really interesting in just how the way that these trades started to play out kept straying further and further from... I'm going to trade my way out of this draft, right? Like, I feel like Chicago Red Stars just decided to do that for for the Louisville draft. And then all of a sudden, this has become a thing that is now doable, that you can trade your way out of a draft. But not only now are we trading our way out of a draft, or in Kansas City's case, the league has decided that their exemption as an expansion team is a tradable asset, which is also strange, but that we're now getting to this weird, weird level of trades of, well, you can't pick from my allocated players. You can't pick from my forward pool. You can't do that. Like breaking this up into like microtransactions 
I just really wonder what the NWCLPA, as they are going through bargaining, is looking at this process and feeling more and more, like I would be looking at this and feeling more and more out of control as a player, especially that one about allocated players. If I'm a player, a fan, or even the league, or I think even the clubs, I would look at this whole Byzantine process where we have to freaking run a live blog trade tracker on all this crap (laughs) versus... Here are the lists. Either the player is under contract or they're not. And those are the lists. Yeah. You know, and it makes it a lot, a lot simpler. Um, one other thing I'm confused about with the rain is that, okay, they already negotiated for forwards um, to be immune. And that includes Balser and Watt, but then they listed them again on protected players. So you would assume that they could list nine players and leave all those forwards that they classify off of the list. So did they just take up? But again, it's I think it's because San Diego doesn't have the same. So, but why? Why the the Rain Angel City trade is weird, and I don't know why yet. But it's weird. Yeah, and that's that is the vibe I've gotten from a few different people is that there's something to it, and I just I un- like I unfortunately have no idea what but I think your point to having forwards both specifically named in that trade with Angel City but then also on the protected player list like there's just all of these pieces don't add up to anything that really makes sense right because you still had to protect them anyway from San Diego so you made this deal and included like for assets that you would have to protect anyway and by not getting protection for them from San Diego, you've burned two slots you could have used on two other players. It just doesn't, you know, either work. Yeah, it's a very make it make sense. Make it make sense. I don't. It's very like, I'm not seeing the whole picture here. Although sometimes like it's not quite applicable, but a lot of times with this league, I feel like the phrase never attribute to malice. What can be explained by stupidity is kind of like a relevant (laughs) Uh, yeah right it's it's not yeah. about malicious intent yep. it's about literally not realizing like oh was that a thing we were supposed to do yeah that's i mean sometimes that is the simplest explanation for something that happened so um is there anyone that stands out to you in terms of the unprotected list i mean obviously it is <laughs> i think abby Abby wins for <laughs> one of the funnier names in the uh, playing rights of retired retired player uh, category. Um, but, you know, Madison Hammond, to me, is a name that maybe sticks out from the rain mm-hmm. that could mm-hmm. end up with a team. Uh, it's very funny to me that uh, they list um, Mariah Bullock on here, married, uh, maiden name Naguera who I believe was brought on as like uh, a mental health like consultant. Yeah. Like a sports psychologist, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's also on their unprotected players list. So is that like a two for one? If they pick that link. Oh, well, again, Bev, Bev Yanez, mm-hmm. right? Like he could get an assistant coach and a, a forward. Mm-hmm. Um, Though I guess technically Angel City wouldn't be able to pick her. So uh, I see Nikki Stanton on this unprotected players list. The rain traded for Stanton with Chicago. It's like 1% chance or maybe 0% chance either team will take her. And they're just like, yeah, we just technically have to put her name on this unprotected list because she's unprotected, but we traded for her. 
Like she has to come here. She wanted to come home to Washington state. How shitty would it be (laughs) if then she was like, I'm going ish, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It is. uh, I, again, I'm fast. I'm, I'm just constantly fascinated by the protected and unprotectable. Again, like it's just so hard to know what goes into these. Yeah. Um, Yeah, nobody like jumps out at me. Even someone like Lou Barnes, it's like the return on that. You don't want to pick too many veteran players. I think Lou Barnes is also kind of like on the back end of her career. So they're looking more mid to younger players maybe here. Um, They don't need older veteran players. They've got their, their marquee players, both of them now. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I think that makes yeah. sense. So um, let's move on to the Pride. <laughs> um, so again, like not necessarily a, a huge amount of surprises here. Um, I think Alex Morgan being on the protected list, it makes sense um, just because also in theory, they... I, when I was reporting out that trade, I was kind of like, I don't know how this is going to work from a protectionist <laughs> standpoint, just because if you have a weird handshake deal in place, but also Orlando is is just kind of going through this process. Mm-hmm. So I think it does force their hand. Um, but thinking about where this team is at in terms of the rebuilding, um, I'm not super shocked by anything on either of these lists here. I, don't think. I like this protected players list from Orlando. Um I think the person behind this list is probably their GM now, uh, Ian Fleming. Um, It's not bad. I mean, you're keeping some good young players in here. I really like the Viviana Viacorta pick for protection. Mm -hmm. This college protected player thing that we saw on the list, if you don't understand (laughs) it, don't worry. Meg and I puzzled it out beforehand. It is in the league's roster rules on their website where they spell out what all the terms are. So if you were confused looking at the expansion draft rules, being like, they didn't define what this means. It's in the roster rules. And essentially it's a way to sit on a drafted player's rights when you pick them in the college draft. Um, Yeah. It's just another designation. It's not really anything particularly. It just basically means that if you pick someone in the college draft and then they don't immediately sign a standard player agreement, then they sit in that separate category right. of players on your roster. So it's not really anything. The team gets to keep their rights until the beginning of the next preseason, which again yeah. is a really crappy limitation on player rights. Yes. Um, yeah. It just in terms of, I know that there have been some rumors floating around about Marta, but I think no matter what you protect Marta if you <laughs> have her on a roster. So right. not really shocking there. Well, I think uh, that maybe indicates they don't know for certain if she's going. If you know for certain that she's absolutely leaving you for 2022, right. then you just leave her yeah. off. Yep. I am kind of curious to see. I know that we just said like the teams have some real leadership for, um, for both expansion teams, but someone like Allie Riley who – you know, went to Stanford, but also did some time in uh, California during WPS if if she would be a potential candidate, right? Um, 
But I don't know. I think it's interesting. Like Orlando obviously has kind of broken up the band a mm-hmm. bit. Um, so I will be curious to see if if any of those kind of like more veteran players um, are are selected from there. Mm-hmm. I'm not super up on some of the younger players like Carrie Bello, but if I'm looking at someone like Abby Kim, who I really liked in college, I don't know. Do you look at either of the other teams and be like, okay, maybe they're the ones who are going to invest in this player and see if she can thrive in NWSL as opposed to an Allie Riley, who's, you know, older, also on the backside of her career. Um, on I think the other thing to consider, too, for someone like Allie Riley, right, is that, again, we've got a lot of um, international responsibilities coming up. Um, and to be fair, New Zealand does automatically qualify for the 2023 World Cup. So that might actually kind of get her off the hook for some things, though I would assume New Zealand is going to be a pretty popular, like, let's let's get some warm-up games, right? Like, New Zealand has a lot of prep to do <laughs> for 2023. <laughs> So, sorry, New Zealand, but it has been a long journey of trying to get that team in order. Um, so, yeah. uh, Portland. So Portland, I think we we definitely take a look at it, but also with the caveat that this may mean nothing, right? By the time we get to Thursday, I, I look at their protected so, players: Bella Bixby, Crystal Dunn, Lindsay Horan, Nat- Natalia Quica, Menges, Moultrie. Rocky Rodriguez, Sophia Smith, Morgan Weaver. And I'm like, hmm, okay. It's somewhat interesting to me. Um, oh, I don't, I think that list is the only way that team was ever going to yeah. go. Like, if they have to submit a list, those not, those names make the most sense oh, to yeah. me out of all of your options. Well, I guess now that they're trading away Lucy and Charlie, Morgan Weaver makes sense on that list. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one that I think actually did sort of surprise me is Kelly Hubley. Hmm. Because I think Kelly Hubley has had a lot more of a role for Portland. Um, but again, I think this is kind of, we've got the the like, maybe nothing is going to happen anyway. But also, again, you look at that list of unprotected players. And for the most part, there's a lot of names of players that are likely not going to go anywhere. Right. And then... So the one that gets funnier with every passing year, Nadine Unger. <laughs> like honestly, you know, if you've got if you've got an expansion draft pick to burn, I don't think a team will. But like, let's say you do, just just see what happens. Right. Just see what happens. Um, there's a lot of names on here, like Marion Doherty, um, Nikki Marshall, Megan Morris, like Cat Tar, yeah, yeah. Rachel Van Hollebeck, it's, aka Bueller, yeah. Yep. It's really, it's quite the list. So, um, all right. So, uh, Louisville, um, Bonner, uh, Kristen Davis, who's a college protected player, Hekich, Fox, Kaiser, Lund, Nadim, Olofsson, and Salmon. Yeah, that makes sense to me with that. Like, yeah. Um, The unprotected players, a lot of the rights, I'm like, (laughs) okay, you can try to pick them, but... The, the Australians are not coming back. I think, right. I don't know. It's Arsenal's kind of had a disappointing time of it. Maybe Tobin Heath is like, I'm ready for, you know, sun, sand, surf. <laughs> it is very interesting to see three names, though, picked in last year's expansion draft listed on here as playing rights. Mm-hmm. 
So I will say also Yuki Nagasato being left unprotected. I get it, but also feels bad. Feels bad. Didn't like yeah. it. <laughs> so, um, you know, Savannah McCaskill could be an interesting pickup for a team, yeah. right? If you want to talk about solid NWL players that have kind of been around in the mix for a while and and maybe would benefit from more permanent. I home, would love to see but- McCaskill get like a Christy Mewis style renaissance because I really thought that she was making a case for herself early on as like kind of lurking around the national team pool. I really like her skill set, her creativity, her vision, her abilities on the ball. And I think if you're like, oh, well, her team sucked last year. I'm like, if you if you look at her position and the importance that she had to trying to drag that team into some kind of like shape and result, she did a lot of work. And so maybe... <laughs> If she moves on to a different team, you know, she'll get the opportunity to have that renaissance. Yeah, that is it's definitely an interesting name. I think I would be I would be thinking about it. Not going to lie. Yeah. Um, Washington Spirit, again, with the <laughs> with the caveat that we've had some trades for the Spirit. So they have um, partial uh, immunity. So they traded Tegan McGrady to San Diego for immunity plus some other stuff. Um, and with Angel City, uh, they have allocated player protection, quote unquote. Um, so that means no uh, Sonnet, Andy Sullivan, or Kelly O'Hara can go to Angel City. So they're only gonna they're only gonna lose one player, um, in theory, and uh, it's gonna be Lori Lindsay. <laughs> Wow. I mean, there are some names on this list where it's like, you could pick Tori Huster, but isn't she like one of the only players who's been with the same NWSL team her whole career? Or she might be the only one. Yeah, it's like her and uh, Lauren oh, Barnes. Barnes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, some of these other names, like you look at, I'm sure the Spirit winning the championship kind of put a little asterisk on a couple of these names. Um, possibly Dibiase is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Helferty maybe. Yeah, I I could see a couple of these people being like, okay, we need a depth piece or again an investment into a player that we think could become a good role player for our squad. Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be the really interesting thing. I've had some conversations with NWL head coaches over this week and. You know, one of the the themes that kind of keeps popping up is, you know, these expansion teams have have made some moves, right? And all of these players that they've made moves for probably are going to be starting players or, you know, kind of impact subs or something along those lines. But then, you know, the teams are going to have to build out the deeper roster spots, right? Like that's that's kind of the grind of an NWSL season is you know, we're still kind of waiting on seeing when Challenge Cup is going to be. We're still, <laughs> my my current understanding is that the format of the schedule is still kind of up in the air. And that's why we don't actually have key dates yet. So maybe at some point soon we will have those. But, you know, you're thinking about getting through potentially multiple 
events of the year, like a Challenge Cup plus the regular season. You're thinking about who's going to be playing for you. Let's say that there is no Challenge Cup in July, right? Like who's going to be starting for your team if we've got Euros and CONCACAF Women's Championship and other World Cup qualifying tournaments all happening at the same time? Um, that's going to be the real challenge, I think, for the expansion teams. And I think that's why Louisville's strategy in the later picks of their expansion draft I found so confusing because the challenge is getting players in that are going to be ready to play. (laughs) Isn't that always, though? (laughs) I, yeah, I'm, I'm not too fussed about I, I just don't think we're going to get too much of a bomb from anything in the expansion draft just because so many teams did trade their way out of it and there's handshake deals yet to come and um you know i'm i'm kind of thinking okay the college draft is probably where we're going to see a lot more like hmm okay uh you know angel city did trade a couple of their draft picks but they've got some remaining so angel city traded a natural first rounder to um, Louisville and they traded a, I think second rounder somewhere. Yeah. To Portland for, and they also traded their number 36 pick to OL. That was a Stanton trade, right? Yeah. That was um, angel city. No, no, that was the $25,000 and their weird. Right. 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 Yes. It's just like yes. a... <laughs> um, yeah, but they, they still have some draft picks left, and San Diego did trade a draft pick, I think, somewhere in there, but not as many. So I'm also interested in seeing where that goes. I think the college draft, it suffers because I think a lot of fans just don't have the bandwidth or the ability to follow NCAA as closely. But the first round, at least, is always very like, oh, okay, and you kind of get the excitement of like the, the, the higher profile NCAA players. But um, I, I wish I had the bandwidth to become like an NCAA junkie because a lot of those games, if we're talking about chaos, yeah, yeah. I mean, even just watching the Final Four um, was just some absurd, absurd time yeah so i think you know there are going to be some names that people are familiar with in this draft you know someone like i I would assume jalen howell from fsu is basically presumed number one Mm -hmm. at this point um but what i do think is interesting is that with the college draft what the trend has been kind of some movement for those top picks right because again there is kind of this understanding that players kind of want to go to specific teams, right? And so there is that maneuvering of, okay, if if a number one pick wants to go to a certain place, the maneuvering manages to happen usually. Yeah. At least now. Yeah. It didn't always, but now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jalen Howell actually just got shortlisted for the Mac Herman um, trophy. And the other two were, one was Kelsey Turnbow and the other is Michaela Callahan. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if, um, I don't, yeah, Howell, presumably number one. And then, uh, let's see, she's out of Colorado. I mean, it's also so. just, yeah, just to be fair too, like it's currently, I I think, impossible to 
make any sort of meaningful prediction about the college draft, A, because we don't have any list of players <laughs> whatsoever to work from, but B, you know, the the league did release a college draft order, which came out after the trade deadline had passed, but before pretty much every trade had been announced. So it was immediately both had inaccuracies, but was just out of date before we even knew it. Um, so I'm basically like, I'm not even going to attempt to make sense of whatever this order is until probably the morning of the draft at this rate. Yeah. Like that's how, just because again, we know that there's stuff in the works for the 17th and for some of these expansion teams, they, uh, they, they're not sending players in these moves, right? So if you think about Alex Morgan to San Diego, what does San Diego have to offer cash and draft picks? The other weird artifact of the college draft, which I feel like seems to happen a lot, is that we keep hearing there's just not that many names, like people who have entered <laughs> until, so we'll hear like, oh, it's it's only like 50 or 60 people until finally on draft day, they send out the final list and it's like 250 people. And I'm like, what happened? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, well, now, now it's really just a matter of waiting, I guess. I think that there's still probably a decent amount of stuff that is going to happen in the next week ahead of this expansion draft. And I mean, part of it is, um, you know, we, we even got a decent amount of news this week, just in terms of like coaching stuff and, and any other number of kind of overdue announcements, but it does seem like this has just been nonstop news time mm -hmm. um i mean i think the trade window closing is helpful but i will be i will say the one i'm very 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 curious to see how cbs is going to handle this expansion draft because <laughs> first of all it's virtual so i think that changes things a little bit but second of all it's just it's such a very different vibe <laughs> than i think the original intent of what this expansion draft was going to be and there was I think there's still going to be the drama of you have two teams potentially taking players off the board that the other team wanted mm -hmm. um, but it is very funny because the last time around it was one team and it just kind of felt like a team reading players off of a yes, list because it was. it was right and so in theory I think the original window for this was two hours. Like, I'm pretty sure I saw 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And I don't know how we're going to fill two hours of time. So I'm hoping that maybe we're going to we're going to chop that in half. I would chop it by like 75 percent, 30 minutes. That's all we need. Yeah. Um. So that it, I am just so curious like because the college draft i think is it feels a little familiar right in terms of like we know what to expect from it and it kind of marches on although i think the inclination for the college draft was always going to be um trying to speed it up a bit and making it a little more tv friendly mm -hmm. than it has been in the past um i also have no idea who's actually going to announce draft picks i'm guessing 
Merlin missing, but like, will they get holes? Like, I just have a lot of questions about what we're actually going to be watching next week. I think they should just get Sandra. <laughs> they should get Sandra Herrera. Actually, what I would rather watch instead of this is Kaylin Kyle is always on the call being like one day, like I'm going to get wine drunk and tell you guys all these stories about everybody I played with <laughs> because she's played on so many teams in this league. And so she should like CBS should just sit her in front of a camera, hand her like a big box of wine and be like, <laughs> here you go. I mean, they, I feel like there could, there, she could potentially have a couple people in that corner right, with they, her. Maybe like, some of these. They could just cut to. They could just cut to that corner, right? Like you get a you get a pick, and then we go to Kaylin Kyle. Sorry, right, exactly. <laughs> like, let me tell you, in 2014, when this team picked blah blah blah's rights, like maybe her and Lori Lindsay and some other players names on this list who are like whose rights are available but are clearly <laughs> yeah, they all have to actually be on this list just in case they get picked. right exactly. Um, oh, it's yeah. like the opposite of the college draft where they have the kids there in their room to get if they get called up so that they can have them on. Instead, they have like Abby Wambach, Lori Lindsay, Joanna Lohman, <laughs> like all the retired players in a room so that if they get called up. They can come up to the podium and like thank their mom and dad. Yeah, I love this idea. I, I think we got to we got to send it over to CBS <laughs> right now. Hire me. Kate Abdo. Kate, Kate Abdo can be. <laughs> just organizing the chaos right be yeah talking to player like yes you are 42 years old now but <laughs> you know what's your vertical what's your beep test oh, you know what it should actually be a retired players combine <gasps> that we watch oh my live. god oh my god retired players combine you're you're a genius wow business idea right why don't they let us run why don't they let us run things on television for this league because i think they would get very chaotic very quickly (laughs) but people would very much enjoy them wow like beep test (laughs) let's go right well combine like combined with like drinking games that's what i was thinking (laughs) That's like when one of my all-time favorite Katie Nolan clips is when she ran a beer mile, which is a horrifying, horrifying thing, but it is one of the funniest YouTube clips I've ever watched. Well, like one of the combine events could be like, tell the judges your wildest NWSL story and we'll (laughs) we'll rank it like it's ballroom or something, you know? Yeah. I do think also, um, you know, the lack of... (laughs) <laughs> complete NWSL knowledge from Glenn and Doyle would also maybe contribute well into this mix. So I think we could get her to judge the actual sporting part of the combine because she would have no sense of anything. Yes. So it would just be all the points are she'd made She'd be up. like, oh, that seems fast to me. That's good. And then the next person would go fast <laughs> and she'd be like, I guess that's pretty good too. <laughs> and then so on and so on. Or possibly Glennon Doyle interviewing college-drafted players' moms. Oh, yeah. That would right? be good. They come over That'd into a little good. corner, and there's, like, two glasses of chilled white wine, and Glennon's like, come sit down, <laughs> tell me about your child. That would be very right? wholesome. Like, what are your greatest fears as a parent in raising your child? <laughs> it's, like, completely unrelated <laughs> to the soccer. 
you know, it's, it's just it's to get some new new life into. We gotta en- we gotta engage draft, people however we is, can. You know, multiple demos yeah. here. Yep, yep. No, that's it's. I think that's we've solved it. That's that's how it's gonna work. <laughs> All right, it's now six o'clock on a Friday, and I think both of us <laughs> deserve to have this podcast posted and then go get a drink. <laughs> All I'm gonna say is I'm really glad. Like I saw like the the deadline and I was like, my wife and I were trying to schedule a date night. And she's like, Friday is like, no. <laughs> I will say full credit to the NWSL for not just doing the the public announcement at a at a same time. But I think the I got the email at, I want to say, 4.58 p.m. Eastern time. Mm-hmm. So technically two minutes ahead of when it was supposed to be. So, yeah, 4.58 p.m. So, congrats, NWSL. You will get full credit for this. From me. I don't know. Maybe they should have spent that extra two minutes proofreading the list of names. <laughs> We're missing some, you know. You know what? They said five. It's at five. That's the bar. I accept it. Yep. You did. <laughs> it was cromulent. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening. Again, we've got... The, the two drafts coming up at the end of the week. So we will have plenty more. Again, we're hoping to have a live show the day after the expansion draft. But, you know, maybe we should wait until some of these trades go through. It's basically going to be three pretty hectic days, I think, at the tail end of next week. So just get ready for it. Um, you know, have your beverage of choice, snacks of choice at the ready, because I think we've got a lot in the works. All right. So for all things full-time, you can visit fulltimepod.com. There are links for all of the major podcast platforms in one spot, plus more information about the show. You can subscribe to The Athletic and support all of our women's soccer coverage right now at theathletic.com slash full-time. It's always our best deal of the year for you there. That is theathletic.com slash full-time. My name is Meg. You've been listening to Full-Time with Meg Linehan. You can always find me on Twitter and Instagram at... It's Meg Linehan and my work at The Athletic. If you couldn't hear that, that was my dog. A little guest cameo, as always. Um, full-time does not exist without the work and support of senior podcast producer Michael Zimmerman. From The Athletic, I'm Meg, and thank you for listening. Thank you.